Greetings in Christ Jesus and welcome once again to the Twin Steeples podcast. Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota, whose main goals are to share God's saving word and to communicate the ongoing activity of Christ's kingdom here at Emmanuel. Thank you for joining us today. Today is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. I'm your host, Pastor Joe Nauman, joined today by Pastor Neil Radical. How are you doing today, Pastor? Better than I deserve. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Uh, this morning, I would like to begin with a brief devotional thought based on Hebrews chapter 9, verses 11 through 15. Um, just for some context, the verses immediately before this were describing the uh, Day of Atonement, which was the, the one day a year during the uh, Jewish religious calendar uh, in which the high priest would go into the Holy of Holies, which was where the Ark of the Covenant was stored. And on the Ark, on the mercy seat, which is the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, he would sprinkle the blood of the Lamb, which would atone for the sins of the people that year. So the, he, the writer of the Hebrews goes through a lot of the history about how all this worked and how the high priest was selected and all the details of the rituals and so forth. And then he comes to verse 11 which is where uh, he picks up with now transferring that idea of the high priest in the Old Testament to say, but now we have a new high priest, uh, and that, of course, is Christ Jesus. So we'll pick it up at verse 11 here. But Christ came as high priest of the good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation. Not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood he entered the holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this reason he is the mediator of the new covenant by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of the eternal inheritance." And so maybe we'll just start at the beginning, kind of track through this verse by verse, Pastor. So Christ comes as the high priest of good things to come. And then he mentions a tabernacle not made with hands. Maybe you just start with that, that word tabernacle. What's your understanding of that word? And what, what's the rich Bible history behind that word tabernacle? Tabernacle was used during the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness after their being set free from the slavery to the Egyptians at the time of Moses, 1500 BC, and ultimately that tabernacle was where the Lord dwelt with them, and also in a visible way with the pillar of fire by day and the pillars, I had it backwards, pillar of smoke by day, pillar of fire by night, and ultimately was that constant presence and comfort for the people that he was with them. And really, ultimately, you know, as far as Jesus being that high priest, shows that, you know, the priest's idea, we think of Jesus three offices, prophet, priest, and king, that priestly office was that mediator, as we see Christ being for us, and kind of an overview of what's coming in the upcoming verses as well. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that tabernacle, it, it operated until the temple arrived, of course, but that was where the first, kind of the really the first corporate worship took place. You know, before that, they were building altars and they were, you know, making sacrifices to God, but this is the first time that, you know, corporate worship got organized, uh, uh, was there on Mount Sinai in Exodus when God instructs the building of that tabernacle and how it would work. Um, but then he goes on in verse 12. Well, we should we should unpack that a little more. So he talks about the, the greater and more perfect tabernacle. So that's looking back. We look back at the tabernacle 
from Exodus, but this isn't the tabernacle that he's talking about. So what is the greater, more perfect tabernacle than the one given to Moses? Yeah, so it's cool because, you know, the writer to the Hebrews, we're not 100% sure who it is. There's a couple different theories who that writer is. But by divine inspiration, we see that he is really pointing the Israelites who believe that Jesus is their Savior or learning that Jesus is their Savior. He's pointing them to what it's going to be like to dwell with God forever in heaven. And so ultimately, we know from the Word of God that God does not just dwell in tabernacles or places made by hands. You know, we can't just build places. God dwells everywhere. But ultimately, we're looking forward to dwelling with God. So mm-hmm. versus looking at a finite church building, for example, or a temple or a tabernacle, whatever it might be, the Old Testament people would have been kind of hinging and hanging on those things. Like, the Lord is with us, pillar of fire, pillar of smoke. You know, that's a, a very wonderful thing. But basically, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, we should be looking for something way better than that and what is to come in the future as well yeah yeah and of course uh we can think of the eternal you know the the new jerusalem coming down out of heaven that's the idea we're talking about that that perfect tabernacle uh, that that eternal temple with the lord in heaven forever and so now it goes back to you know you mentioned before that priests intercede and that's one of the roles of priests is they intercede on behalf of the people to god uh, and yet one of the other roles of the priests is to sacrifice um, and that's you know that's a big reason why we don't have priests anymore today, isn't it? Because, you know, I'm not a priest, you're not a priest. We don't need to make sacrifices any longer, do we? And as this verse tells us why we don't need priests anymore. Because he says he didn't go to the holy place with the blood of goats. He didn't go with the blood of calves. But he brought his his very own blood. He brought his blood to the whole, most holy place. And he did this once for all. And those words are really key. Once for all. There's no need for more sacrifice. There's no need for more works on our part. There's no need for... An, uh, the ongoing bloodless sacrifice uh, of the host, as the Catholic Church still believes, takes place uh, at the Mass when they offer communion. It's once for all. On the cross, when he announced it is finished, the work of Jesus was complete. Salvation was accomplished for all people. And that's what that says. He obtained eternal redemption. Eternally bought us back from sin, death, and the devil. And because of that sacrifice of Jesus, um, which was you know all pictured in that rich day of atonement uh, ritual in the in the old testament um now because of the work of jesus uh it's accomplished once and for all so we don't need we don't need the the blood of heifers or goats or it says here sprinkling unclean uh sprinkling the unclean sanctifying the purity of the frying of the flesh we don't need that because the blood of the christ the blood of christ uh who offered his blood through the eternal spirit without spot to god and so now he talks about our consciences being clean so um, you know, you think of a the opposite of a clean conscience would probably be like a guilty conscience. I think we've all had that feeling of, you know, that wrenching. Oh, I feel guilty, or I did something I shouldn't have done, or I, I, you know, I got caught doing something, and you know that that guilty feeling we have. Well, we we know we're all guilty before God, not just the sins we know of or the sins we feel bad about, but also the sins we don't know of and the sins, <laughs> you know, we're we're guilty of all those things. But what does this say? Your conscience is cleansed from dead works, that, that because of what Jesus has done, we can now stand, as you talked about this past weekend, as saints. You know, even when we're here on earth, All Saints Day, we're saints too, aren't we? We're saint, the saints, you know, uh, militants still on this earth, and yes, we still have sin in our lives, but we are perfect in the eyes of God, and we have no reason to feel guilty before God. You know, as we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So because of that, our consciences is, are, now, are now clean. I was going to say, I love how you're focusing in on the blood there, too, because it's kind of neat. Uh, I'd like to hear your thoughts on it, too. There's kind of a neat parallel, it seems like, from the, the tabernacle, the temple, something made with hands, 
and then the sacrifices, you know, the what the creator created, so like the blood of animals, you don't care about the created blood. Now we're looking at the creator's blood, his mm. own blood, mm. you know, and the difference between the holiness of the tabernacle and the holiness of blood is nothing that man has made. It's all about the creator's um, home and the creator's blood that he shed for us. So, yeah, so I, I guess I just made that point there. But um, ultimately, when you look at the blood here, especially like we get in the verse 14, why? what is the question that the writer of the Hebrews is really trying to emphasize for us with that? You, you mentioned the conscience from dead works to serve a living God. Where, where does works come in then? So, so when we think of our the way that God sees us and we think about our lives, um, it's important that we look at our lives both as we look at ourselves and we also see ourselves as how God sees us. Because when we look at ourselves, we see sin. You know, we're all sinners. We're all failed. We all uh, are sinners living in a sinful world. There's no way around that, and there's no uh, getting around that this side of eternity. But God does not see us that way because of the blood of Christ, which cleanses our conscience from dead works. Um, you know, blood is blood is the price of sin. You know, when you think of those Old Testament rituals, the daily sacrifices that they would make, um, those daily sacrifices were were blood and death. That's the price for sin. Uh, the wages of sin is death, or as God promised uh, Adam in the garden, dying you will die. Uh, so the, the price for sin is death. And yet, because of... Uh, because Jesus paid that price, because the blood of God was spilt, because he paid for you and me, now we are clean, and now God sees us not as the sinners we are, but as the saints that we are in Christ Jesus. And that's the that's the new covenant, and that's what verse 15 comes around to talk about, right? Is that he is the mediator of the new covenant. So the new covenant is now, uh, uh, because Jesus shed his blood on the cross, because of his work for us, uh, now we are set free from sin, and we're also set free from the law, which is the first covenant, which is also mentioned in verse 15. And so this kind of ties back to now, you came back to the question, well, what's the relation with, with works and all this? Well, in the old covenant, or the first covenant, as it's called in verse 15, which was given to Moses on Mount Sinai in connection with the tabernacle and all those Old Testament rituals, the first set covenant was, God says to the people, here's my commands for you, here's how I expect you to live, do these works and I will be your God and, and you'll be my people. Uh, and of course, the children of Israel couldn't keep those commandments any more than we can keep the commandments. Um, and so, you know, that's what we talk about when we talk about good works is, is keeping the keeping the commandments that God has given to us. And so they needed a new covenant. You know, it's not that the first covenant was bad. The first covenant was just insufficient to actually save people. We needed a covenant that could actually save mankind. And so Jesus had to come and do that by shedding his blood. He now says, I took away your sins. I've given you my righteousness. Uh, all you need to do is believe in me. And so by simply believing in Christ, we have that forgiveness of sins. We still have that that uh, clean conscience before God. But that first covenant is still there. However, those laws, that first covenant, is not is not there to condemn us any longer. Now it is there to guide us, and that's where it guides us into good works. And we come to the the third use of the law. The law is a curb, mirror, and guide. As a guide, the law leads the Christian. And says, "Hey, uh, see this temptation over here. You should go the other way." Or, "Hey, you have a big decision in your life. Make sure you prioritize the, the spiritual well-being of your." your life and your family's life as well. And so, you know, the first covenant is still a guide for us. It still helps lead us through life, but it's the new covenant that saves us. And that's the, that's the relationship between uh, justification and sanctification. Justification being the new covenant in Christ Jesus. Sanctification being now, how should I, how should we walk and live in this life? So take a step back, really a ton packed in the yeah, in these verse. few verses. Um, there's a theory out there that 
Hebrews is actually a, a sermon. That was actually a sermon written, one big sermon written out. And you could spend, I mean, we just spent almost 12 minutes talking about, you know, just these five verses. So it's just densely packed uh, uh, section here in, in the whole book of Hebrews. And really an encouraging letter uh, because I, sometimes I've heard before the, the good theme for the letter of the Hebrews is Jesus is better. And that's kind of what the writer of the Hebrews does. He goes through Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than the priests. You know, Jesus is better than the kings. On and on. He's better than all these other people because he is the ultimate fulfillment. He's the chosen one of God and he's the savior of the world. Um, so Jesus is better. Gives us that promise of the eternal inheritance too through the death and something we can look forward to. As you mentioned, you know, as saints, we have that inter- eternal inheritance through Christ our Savior. So definitely an uplifting text for, a, for any day. Yeah. Whether we're having a good day or bad day, it gives us that eternal day to look forward to. And it ties back to that tabernacle not made with hands. You know, that's the internal inheritance, that heavenly Jerusalem that we'll all enjoy in heaven forever. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank and bless you for your sacrifice on the cross. Thank you for shedding your blood and for dying for us. We cannot thank you enough for this great sacrifice, Lord. And yet you still give us more gifts every day. Help us to open our eyes to see those gifts, bless us through those gifts, and encourage us as your people to walk in newness of life as you have called us to. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, midweek Bible class continues this evening. Any updates for us on where we're going to be traveling in in the promised land today, Pastor? We are going to En Gedi. So that would be where David hid from Saul. Oh, so... Uh, wilderness kind of area. Huh? Yeah, you would love it. There's oh. a huge ibex herd there. Ooh, big old like horns. It. I'll show you a video. Okay, cool. Um, we are still awaiting news from Pastor Luke Bernthal, who we uh, extended a call to. Uh, Pastor Luke Bernthal is from the San Francisco Bay Area out there in California, uh, and he serves actually serves churches all over the, in California, I believe. So uh, we're keeping him in our prayers and pray that the Lord would bless him with a, a healthy deliberation that. Uh, he will let us know uh, what the Lord has in mind for him and for us. Uh, the handrails are officially off the front of church now. Saw that today, so please take note of that. If you need those handrails to get in the front, uh, they will not be there for the next week or so. Uh, so they're being powder-coated, resurfaced, so please take note of that. Uh, coming up next weekend, Saturday, November 11th, I guess it's just a couple days away, uh, the Pickleball Jamboree is taking place Uh Pastors kind of heading up that organization for that event. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, 830 and 9, we'll probably go through some rules if you've never played before. Then 9 on, we've got the three courts there. We're hoping to just have a really nice, light atmosphere. And anybody wants to play, young or old alike, it's just going to be a fun time for however long we want to go. So um, come on down. Should be should be fun. Awesome. Pretty laid back. Sounds good. Uh, next weekend, the Emanuel Lutheran High School, and I believe it's 7th and 8th grade as well, the Drama Drama Club, uh, are putting on a production. Uh, it's entitled The Day the Internet Died. So I believe there's three shows. I think it's Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon. Um, so you can find more information on that on the bulletin boards uh, in the church and school. And then uh, the week after that is the Thanksgiving Eve and day services. So we will have our customary Thanksgiving Eve at 6 p.m. service and also 10 a.m. service on Thanksgiving Day as well. Um, and there will also be a, the Pie Palooza, which will take place following that uh, evening service. Is that a third in a row? I believe it's the third Pie Palooza, yeah. 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 Actually, I've never been to one. <laughs> First oh. year I was out of town, and the second year, last year my whole family was just 
sick, just super sick. Oh. So I had to, I didn't have time to stick around. So excited to go this year. So looking forward to the Pie Palooza, November twenty second. It'll be right after the worship service at six p.m. What's your favorite pie, Pastor? I love a pecan pie. Ooh. Yeah, that's my favorite for sure. How about you? All of them. All of them. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I like a good apple pie. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Um, as far as our prayer list today, we are keeping in our prayers the cancer patients, uh, the ongoing treatments that are going on. Carrie Dale, John Hine, uh, Will Rucker, Marlene Hanel, Kate Zowers. Got an update last week. It seems as though the, the treatments for Kate are going very, very well. Um, I heard, and this is third hand, but I'd heard even uh, uh, they did a scan and couldn't find any cancer. So uh, very thankful for that and pray the Lord to continue to bless them as she gets treatments for that. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we keep in our prayers Jim Leon, uh, who's also dealing with cancer. Uh, pray for Harold Woolley, uh, who is on hospice care uh, up at, uh, oh, what's the name of that? Monarch Meadows. Monarch Meadows, yeah. So um, he's... I visited him last week, pretty good spirits, but uh, um, he is being, treat, being treated in that way at this time. Uh, Jesse Cornish seems to be in a similar situation, talking about hospice care as well. He's in the hospital right now and uh, hoping to get transferred to a facility uh, fairly soon. We also keep in our prayers Megan Longhenry. Uh, Megan is the daughter of Mark and Kelly Fleischer, the granddaughter of Paul and Lila Fleischer. Uh, Megan's family recently received some devastating news that their baby is not expected to live. And Megan's also been diagnosed with some serious health issues since the baby's arrival in August. So we please keep the Megan Long Henry family in our prayers. That brings us to our hymn of the day today. Uh, we picked out a Lenten hymn, which is a little out of season right now, but it certainly talks about Jesus being our priest and also being the sacrifice um, that God expected and needed in order to rescue and redeem mankind and give to us that eternal inheritance that uh, the writer to the Hebrews speaks of. So we'll re- read him 153 in the Red Hymnal. Stricken, smitten, and afflicted, see him dying on the tree. Tis the Christ by man rejected. Yes, my soul, tis he, tis he. Tis the long-expected prophet, David's son, yet David's Lord. Proofs I see sufficient of it. Tis the true and faithful word. Tell me, ye who hear him groaning, was there ever grief like his? Friends through fear his cause disowning, foes insulting his distress. Many hands were raised to wound him, none would interpose to save. But the deepest stroke that pierced him was the stroke that justice gave. Ye who think of sin but lightly, nor suppose the evil great, here may view its nature rightly, here its guilt may estimate. Mark the sacrifice appointed, see who bears the awful load. Tis the word, the Lord's anointed, Son of man and Son of God. Here we have a firm foundation, here the refuge of the lost. Christ the rock of our salvation, his the name of which we boast. Lamb of God for sinners wounded, sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded, who on him their hope have built. Amen. Thank you for joining us on the Twin Steeples podcast. Once again, Twin Steeples is a production of Emmanuel Evangelical Lutheran Church here in Mankato, Minnesota. For more information about the ongoing activity here, we'd invite you to check out our website, emmanuelmankato.org. Until next time, may God bless and keep you, and may you always remember, Emmanuel, God is with you.